Welcome to By the Sword, where we discuss the modern study of historical European martial arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. This interview takes place with Sarah Boxhorn Patratz of Wisconsin, USA. Sarah is an archivist, researcher and fencing instructor. We discuss data, cats and of course swords. The episode was recorded on Instagram Live 16 July 2020. I've got a black dog. Oh, this is Cookie. Say hi Cookie. Hi. Cookie. Very cute. <laughs> um, no, that's Rebel like the David Bowie song. Oh, I say. Because his face is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so my standard question at the start of all of these, and the reason why I'm doing this series is, how is your lockdown? Uh, it's been a little rough. Um, so I am definitely a more extroverted person. You right. know, I have friends and I like to do things with them and very active in my club. Um, luckily for me, I've been able to work from home. So, um, so I've been keeping in touch with my coworkers. We get along pretty well socially. I really like them as people, not just as uh, people I have to work with. Yeah. So that's, that's been helpful giving a little bit of structure to my days, but otherwise it's just it's just a blur people, <laughs> you forget what day the, it is yeah, where are all the people yep. <laughs> and no and there's you know stuck in my house not going out you know being being good oh. and you know you can do a lot of stuff by yourself solo and you can take so many online classes and participate in those ways but um you know you can't you can't really like hug people yeah <laughs> over the internet so but uh that's what I have the cats for yeah, the, so. for the, the, the contact, physical contact. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, being an extroverted person myself, I, I, I feel you. I get it. Yeah. That, that's why I, that's a big reason why I'm doing these, so I can talk to people twice a week for an hour <laughs> <laughs> about my favorite. And topic. somebody new. <laughs> yeah, yeah somebody new every time. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so um, this is the first time we've ever spoken, actually, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we've never met. We've never sort of uh, been. So I would like, I dearly would like to know, and so would all the viewers, uh, your HEMA origin story. Sure. So um, back, back in college, um, I went to uh, University of UW-Madison. And after I graduated, one of my um, brothers-in-law went to school there too. Mm -hmm. And he ended up taking a class that was uh, given by the university and it counted for a gym credit. And it was something like introduction to archaic weaponry uh, or, or something of that nature. Right. And so in a semester class, he got to use uh, uh, longsword, spear, um, quarterstaff, uh, I forget exactly what they covered, but it was just a very, very brief general introduction. One credit, kind of blow off gym course. And I saw him post pictures of that online. And I was kicking myself thinking like, 
I was there. <laughs> I could have done this too. That's amazing. Um, so, so that's, that was my first introduction to that. And that was kind of always in the back of my mind. And then I moved from Madison up to Oshkosh. So um, that's maybe like two and a half hours away. Um, so by the time I found out about that, I was not um, close enough geographically to do a drive. Like that's, that's a bit much of a drive. So um, I got into other things. I got into working out in a gym that was not CrossFit because CrossFit is, uh, you know, copyrighted and yeah. you can't call it CrossFit. It was basically CrossFit and everything but name. Right. And that, that was fun for a year or two. Um, but I was getting bored with that. And so I wanted, I was in a new town. I needed to make friends. I wanted something to do that was physically active. And so I don't know what it was, but someday like that just memory just popped up. And so I started looking around and it turned out that Appleton, which is just up the road from Oshkosh, maybe like 45 minutes, had uh, an extremely active um, historical martial arts group. And so I went and I did like a sample class or two and it was, it was pretty much hooked. I was, I was hooked from the first class. So, and that was summer of 2016. Okay. So been basically four years now, almost four years exactly. So. So what was your foundational weapon? I'm just going to grab a battery. I'm still listening. Oh, sure. 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 Um, so, uh, WHFA Appleton, so Wisconsin Historical Fencing Association, mm-hmm. um, is primarily based on German sources. Yep. So we study, um, you know, uh, the Zettel, Lichtenauer, yep. uh, big on, uh, some people are really into Meyer, mm-hmm. so the art of combat. And so foundational weapon was longsword. And yep. for a very long time, it was only longsword. And if people wanted to go off and study something else on their own, they were really encouraged to, but it was very much like, okay, you go, you learn this and then come back and teach other people. Um, So I did longsword for probably a a year and a half only. And then I branched off into small sword, (laughs) which was extremely different and uh, tons of fun, just like tons of fun. Okay, so, so which small swords in particular, any particular master that you yep, follow? Yep, so um, almost entirely Angelo, yeah. uh, the, the School of Fencing. And um, since studying him, I have branched out and I've started to read some other small sword books myself. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always go back to Angelo. <laughs> it's um, so well structured and it's really well described. And the images are terrific. It's um, for somebody who is studying in a very small group or studying by yourself. Like this is, this is a terrific book to start out with. You know, um, a lot of other books, they have a lot more subtlety. Um, some, of the in, some of the passages are a little bit more up for debate. Like what is actually going on here? Mm-hmm. With Angelo, it's, it's very, very explicit, very clear cut. I've, I've interviewed a few mm-hmm. people on here who were into small swords, uh, the ones that yeah. spring to mind are Sue Kirk and Joe Yeah, Thompson. Sue Kirk. I watched that one. And uh, they, they yeah. both said Angelo as well. So very, very uh, yeah. popular. Yeah. Um, so um, the other night, uh, I did a bit of brainstorming with some lovely people from the London Historical Fencing Club uh, 
just to sort of shake up my questions a bit and come up with some some new ones because <laughs> everyone's oh, like no. Brad's got some standard <laughs> questions like like come on guys help me out and then after a few uh, glasses of um sherry uh they they gave they we did a bit of brainstorming and they've given me some interesting ones and i've got one here okay. for you um it's uh hema has changed obviously it will yeah. change every all of life is going to change as a result of mm-hmm. the worldwide pandemic so we're going to lose uh, you know what things from the past that we haven't got anymore since we've been in lockdown are we not going to miss mm-hmm. what are we not going to miss do you think um well i and this is this is personal opinion of course mm. um i really love going to events and I really love the camaraderie and how willing people are to share, uh, like, knowledge, share gear. Like, oh, I forgot my elbows. Somebody lend me some elbows quick. Uh, I think it won't hurt us to be a little bit better about maybe not sharing water bottles or not okay. sharing. <laughs> you can't have <laughs> or, my or elbows. <laughs> elbows are fine. Masks, not so much. Yeah. Um, So I travel a lot. I've gone to a lot of competitions and without fail, well, because a lot of the times I have to travel is by air. Mm. So either in the airplane or somewhere along the line, I I pick up a cold Mm -hmm. and people, people jokingly call it the con crud, convention crud or the HEMA, HEMA plague. And um, I, you know, prior to this uh, coronavirus, like I, I thought I was pretty good on washing my hands. I thought I was good about, um, you know, uh, being careful of what I was drinking and whatnot. Uh, but you're just in such an enclosed space for so long mm. breathing. Um, it's, it's inevitable. So yeah. I see a lot more like outdoor events. I see yeah. a lot more um, instead of being like, okay, we only have this small a budget. Let's hire this, um, you know, venue and let's cram it up to the fire, mar- fire marshals, you know, limit of people. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to miss that. No. Yeah. The, the sweaty, <laughs> so, the sweaty kits everywhere. That's yeah. You, you walk in with their stuff. Um, I hope I hope people take it. It's it's kind of a joke. Yeah. You know, we, we've taken it as a joke, like, oh, I'm not going to wash my gambeson because it's my lucky gambeson. Yeah. And when I wash it, the luck will wash away. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, uh, as an event organizer, I, I went to an event in May last year and I had after this, right. This is after several years of events, like organizing, maybe after like eight events with mm-hmm. around 80 attendees, each one I had acquired, I'd amassed two big holdalls of kit that people yeah. had abandoned and uh that was mm-hmm. after me posting pictures in facebook groups like is this your stuff please yep. like, doing like a lost and found type thing and like sometimes people go oh yeah those are my shoes or, oh that's my water bottle i don't really want it just throw it away kind of thing yeah. um but there's just so much stuff and sometimes it's like really good stuff um i yeah. think sometimes like people go to events but that's about the only time they use their kits so they don't go to class or anything <laughs> and it would be they nice. only wear it because yeah, yeah. The, the event is requiring it yes, you know like leg protection or yeah. yeah 
So maybe mm-hmm. people will be a bit more careful with their property and, and a le- bit less likely to sort of spread their stuff around. So I, I hope so. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> personal hygiene, uh, uh, social personal hygiene stuff. Um, I know several events I've been to have um, offered lunch. So, or like some sort of food option, like a food table, like donate a couple bags of mandarin oranges, some bananas of some sort. Um, I see the communal food yeah. kind of going away too. That's a shame. Um, which is a shame because I love, you know, I make these like little energy bites and I'll bring and save them. And I am in love with hard boiled eggs and ah. I have my own like mini travel salt shaker. <laughs> so I'm... I'm very much a go-to person for to, to food to, for food and to share food with people. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I know the cleanliness of my own house and I know my own health, but you know, other people don't. And so I might I, have to change that. I, the, the American event that I went to, I, yeah, I think both of us events I've been to, it was, they were like that. I went to, I went to IGX and there was like yeah. a big table. Everyone brings stuff. So Knowing that it, that mm-hmm. was the that was the deal, I brought some British delicacies with me. I brought like clotted Ooh. cream and Cornish pasties and things Ooh. like this. Um, mm-hmm. And knowing that you can't do like a potluck type thing anymore is is a bit sad. And the the one that impressed me was when I went to uh, Sword Squatch, and there's a chap there. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten his name. Lovely man, and he bakes and he just baked dozens of these cookies all different flavors you could think of and one of them was like mm-hmm. bacon and chocolate or something like that it was it was insane it was really good it was yeah. surprisingly good it's like candied bacon it was really weird um oh. it was odd so those are the you know that, that that's kind of stuff that we're going to lose we're going to lose that everyone mucking in yeah. together putting our hands in the communal food and breathing t- t- up close um Right. And um, that's that's an easy way to get very close to somebody very quickly is yeah. to like, oh, let's let's uh, rent an Airbnb and let's pack 10 people into that, yeah. you know, Airbnb. And it's all kind of a bonding experience. And we might have to change that, but I'm sure we'll find other ways to, Camp- camping, you know, maybe adapt. Say, like, outdoors yeah. Yeah. Yep. I could see that. Um. So what can we keep? Are there any new things that have come up in the uh, lockdown version of HEMA that we might want to keep? Oh, for sure. Um, I've really been enjoying this kind of wellspring of um, online content. So people like yourself doing either podcasts or attempting to teach online, um, a new emphasis on solo drills, mm. solo work. Um, you know, my club is 45 minutes away. So in the winter, if there's bad weather, you know, I'm not, I'm not making that drive. Um, We're also meeting outside a lot this summer. Um, I personally haven't been going back to class yet. That's beyond my comfort level. Right. But um, people meeting outside, you know, we are at the mercy of the weather. So we've been having a lot of rain lately. Um, It's going to be extremely hot this weekend, you know, above 90 degree temperature, like hundreds here. Um, I have no idea what that is in Celsius. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'll work it out. But um, it's it's to the point where you actually need to be careful about doing things outside because the heat can be dangerous. Right. So um, whereas 
if you're inside, um, I'm lucky. I have a basement, so it's very nice and cool down there. I can go down. I have a um, uh, low ceiling, so it's going to be small sword only. No long sword for me in the basement. But I have a pad set up. Um, I can practice my own things. I can follow along with classes. There's all sorts of fitness classes. There's always footwork. So um, I'm, I've online, really been enjoying. So the online yes. aspect yep. of HEMA is a the sort of growth of that is, has been a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think people have been putting out videos um, all along, yeah. but they've been very much like kind of here and there, like yeah. one-offs. I've been seeing more series. So more people thinking like, okay, I'm going to go through this particular um, manual, or I'm going to focus on this particular concept in fencing and like all about the crumpow or something. And um, just a little bit more thorough. People have a little bit more time. I think the production quality is definitely higher too. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I really hope people keep that up. Yeah, um, I think our, our, our attention has shifted because a lot like those of us who have a club uh, mm-hmm. have been privileged enough to have a club like you say, forty-five minutes travel. Mine is literally uh, one mile from my house. Well, because it's my oh, club, so, so lucky. I, I, I choose where it is, so it's there. Um, uh-huh. And like, so all of us who are privileged enough to have classes, run classes, attend classes, have never had to sort of even really think about online classes. It's not been a an issue. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's for that's for a problem for other people, kind of thing. Uh, but now it's right. it's become really important. And uh, like you say, the quality mm-hmm. has gone up. Uh, the frequency has increased. It's just it's, yes. it's just amazing how much is, is actually available there. And I'll let you in on a little mm-hmm. secret, you and the 14 people watching this. Um, <laughs> when you were talking about doing small sword in your basement, I think Stefano, my colleague at Hema in Pajamas, is watching this as well. Mm-hmm. And when we were when we came up with Hema in Pajamas, which was, again, something created by the pandemic, we were trying to come up with a name. And his, mm-hmm. his suggestion was Hema from the basement. oh there you go and that's what you were basically describing and and we were all going no we don't you know we don't have like (laughs) basement dweller hema we're trying to get rid of that yeah yeah (laughs) no that's not the best that's not the most positive connotation so so we're Uh, like something cuddly cozy friendly pajamas is so pajamas pajamas yeah Yeah. everyone knows what pajamas are i agree um um and then and then one other thing i just thought of about the whole online content is um you know you see all the time people online being like, I just discovered this, this thing called HEMA. Like, where do I start? Yes. And now we have these kind of like permanent resources. So instead where it was, um, you know, find your local club, let them deal with it. Now it's like, okay, we have all these videos online. Go check them out. See if this is what you want. Um, Because for people, especially who have no local clubs, Mm. you know, it's a it's yet another resource that they can teach themselves with instead of like just the manual now you have manual and you have um these videos on kind of like introducing the topic yeah so. it, like i said uh before it'd be like oh you you need to find a club just click on this club finder mm-hmm. thing find a club near yeah. you or people say message france she'll tell you where to go and i'll be like well there's this club in london <laughs> or there's that one and what do you want to do and and you know sorts of point trying to sort of be a signpost for people but now we well in the last few months like everyone suddenly finds themselves in that same position as these people who don't know what to do yeah. they don't know where to start 
Um, so we're all kind of seeing it from their perspective. And, um, and you can absolutely uh, start a HEMA career online and from home. Yeah. Uh, it's not yeah. it's not a case of you've got to wait until you find a club and then you can like do it properly kind of thing. Um, I've mm-hmm. been following a few people uh, that I've befriended actually in this during this time online, and they've had maybe one or two HEMA classes and then the lockdown happened, mm-hmm. and so they've just been following people online and doing classes online and they're doing great and like they're posting videos of themselves online and it's it's lovely to see like that enthusiasm and that passion coming through and something Mm -hmm. I've noticed that has diminished during this time um online in particular in online discussion groups and forums is that horrible habit we have in all martial arts probably of going you're wrong uh-huh. <laughs> going, I'm right <laughs> and I'm right and you're completely wrong and just like people just tearing into each other for having an opinion you know on uh, mm-hmm. on a particular manual treatise technique whatever that has ha- completely receded and it's become a lot yeah. more like wow like but people are feeling far more confident to put videos up of their practice and and mm-hmm. encourage one another. It's much much nicer. The atmosphere is better. Um, it's it's yep. it's kind of what we want to encourage, really. Right. No, I would agree. And I wonder what so much of that is. Um, you know, the world situation is is pretty rough right now, mm-hmm. and people aren't. People are having enough stress in their real life. They are not going online and looking look for more. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, to look for it. And I don't know about you, but I know I have gotten a lot less tolerant of nonsense on what limited social media I do have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just removing it, blocking yeah. it, you know, unfriending it. I don't have the bandwidth to deal with it. I, 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 was, I, was, yeah. I was such a keyboard warrior for a long, long time. And then about two years mm-hmm. ago, I just detoxed my social media. I just got rid of everything. I, I, mean, I, I unfollowed everybody on, mm-hmm. on Facebook. I don't have a feed. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any notifications. <laughs> it's wonderful. So if anything, if anything is really kicking off, uh, I've got a few people who will just say, Fran, Fran, this is happening. And I'll just look at it mm-hmm. and go, nah, I'm not interested. No, no thanks. <laughs> no, no thanks. Shut the door. I'm out. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it can just be just too much. Like you say, if you've got enough stress going on in your, everyone has like the pandemic and then their own life. And yeah. Then you don't need another yeah. layer of, of stress. No, no, I'm not going to get into an argument on like lunges no. and the knee over the toe or not over the toe. It's like, no, <laughs> there are more important things. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. So we've got another five minutes um, and then I'm going to chuck, uh, the, let the people who are watching ask you some questions. So um, let yeah on the topic of online teaching, uh, that's something yeah. that you have been doing uh, during this yes. time. Tell, tell us about that, how that all started and how it's been going. Right. So, um, well, right before... Um, the lockdown happened. So this was um, late fall, starting into very early spring this year. And I had taken a class last year on um, uh, Bastone, Grand Baton, so Giuseppe Siri, and I absolutely fell in love with it. So this is a, um, just for people who aren't familiar, this is a a two-handed stick fighting um, system. Uh, when I'm trying to describe it to people, I usually start with a small, uh, a single stick, 
And I say, imagine a single stick, but longer, and you use it with two hands, and there's no bell, and people kind of get the idea. And it's, so it's crazy you're, fun. you're holding it, a long, long pole at one end. Yeah. Um, I grabbed my book because I thought people might uh, appreciate a picture or two. So, and what sort of period is this in? So this is um, Italy in the 1850s. Okay. Ah, oh, cool. So, and there he is. And it's theoretical practical system. Cool. So uh, it's, it's insanely fun. And this is a system that was not entirely designed for self-defense. Um, it was much more like a uh, athletic pursuit. So um, more for health and fitness. Anyway, so I took a class on that. I got hooked. I um, got one of my friends in the club to help me so we could partner up. And I'm like, I want to learn this and I want to teach it. So the two of us had kind of been independently um, working through it. There's a pretty lively Facebook group. Um, I have some friends I've been reaching out to asking for advice. And we designed a class um, that was supposed to be like an eight-week class, um, kind of an introduction to the system. And that started March, March 1st. <laughs> <laughs> so we got through three and a half classes. Fourth class, people had just kind of started to be aware of what was happening with coronavirus. So we had moved outside. We were in the parking lot. And the lead instructor drove up and is like, okay, guys, this is getting serious. Like, nope, we're shutting down. We're shutting down the club. Uh, all classes are suspended as of right now. Oh. So, um, so I had these uh, classes like all set up, all ready to go. And I was feeling pretty disappointed that I didn't get to teach them. So I think month of April, I rewrote the classes. So instead of an hour and a half long session, I condensed them into 30 minutes. Um, because so this is this is an extremely aerobic system There's a lot of movement. And I figured I could talk and instruct and also move for 30 minutes. And then I was done. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, so so for that one, I wrote up four classes. And um, a few of my friends and I chipped together on a Zoom account um, because we had, uh, you know, people had used different things. People had tried Discord. Uh, people have tried um, Google Duo, um, some other systems. But Zoom seemed to be a little bit more robust for what we were doing. And I made a Facebook group and I thought it would be mostly the people from my own personal club who were in my physical classes to begin with, but wanted to continue online. Um, so those were the people I was initially targeting. Mm -hmm. But then the word kind of spread, and I had a couple more people, and a couple more people, and a couple more people add. And so it gradually got bigger and bigger and bigger, so, which was a wonderful surprise. Um, and so that's, that was going well. And then I was thinking, you know, I could do something for Small Sword. And there are, there are videos for small sort out there, but if they exist, I haven't found them. So just like a real basic introductory introduction to small sword. So how do you stand? How do you move? How do you hold the sword? Um, these things are explained really nicely in Angelo and 
there's something that you can do by yourself. And so I designed a, a series of classes, four classes again, because that seems to be a nice round number. Mm -hmm. And I taught them in my basement. <laughs> and those worked out really well, too. So, cool. yeah. So, and those are a, a nice series. So basically the introduction to the first, I want to say 25 pages of Angelo. Um, and at that time, you know, the great um, wave of cancellations for events hadn't really started up yet. Mm -hmm. So I was scheduled to teach for the American Small Sorts Symposium. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to be one of the instructors. And so my grand baton class was going great. I thought, oh, I could do this with Small Sword. And then I thought, oh, this will be really convenient. I'll practice teaching. So that if the American Small Sword Symposium does go off, I'll be, um, I'll have that practice down. I'm not teaching real people, but so much of teaching is just kind of getting your patter down, yeah. like getting down what you're going to say, your timing. Um, and then that was canceled, very sadly. Uh, Victor, Victor passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, so that didn't happen, but I still uh, continued with my classes, so finished up what I had wanted to teach because if nothing else, you know, now it's, now it's out there and available for people. So is it all recorded? Yep. Yep. They're all recorded. Yeah. Um, and I put them on my YouTube channel. Oh, excellent. So cool. Yep. Uh, so, mm -hmm. uh, what we might have to do is, uh, you, is, is it all, is it all linked on your Instagram account? All this stuff? I don't know. I'm not really up on Instagram, but, um, <laughs> Instagram my, is, um, uh, oh, sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say my, my YouTube channel is the same as my Instagram name. Oh, there you go. That's easy, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's easy enough. Yeah, so Sarahkins on YouTube. Yeah, and that is a, uh, uh, my sister, my older sister would call me that when we were kids. You. So that's where <laughs> that came from. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Jen. Yeah, that, yeah, that's Jen. Yeah, yep. yeah. I've, I've seen her around. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's uh, it's gone half past, so I will ask the folks at home, do you all have any questions for our guest, Sarah? Let's just go through what they've been saying. We've been tapping away. Uh, hooray, it's your sister. <laughs> uh, with a bow tie, I was that a... Uh, oh, that was rebel. the cat. Yep. Um... Sarah is so talented and knowledgeable when it comes to small swords. She is a joy to learn from, says Robin. Aww, says Robin. Sweet. Um, <laughs> two eggs for breakfast every morning. Oh, mm -hmm. and then Robin, the other Robin, my Robin in the UK, says, oh, hell no, not more camping. Uh, <laughs> we have an event in the UK called Fight Camp each August. Yeah. And uh, I was chatting to people there is like a, a potential chance that it might go ahead is at the end of August, uh, middle mm -hmm. to the end of August. So we don't know. Fingers crossed. Gonna, fingers crossed. It might go ahead. Cause I, I was scheduled to teach it. That. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but it's, it's always been held in August, which is supposedly the hot, one of the hotter months of the British summer, but British summer is mm -hmm. usually on a, on a Wednesday, you know, that's, that's the joke. We, we don't really, <laughs> we don't really get, we don't really get a summer. It's just kind of like, Mm -hmm. um 
it, rains, it rains a lot here and like yeah, we get uh mm-hmm. we, there's always at least one day in fight camp where it chucks down with rain and everybody's tent ends up floating away nearly uh mm-hmm. comox valley combat guild says uh it was too hot for outdoor classes here this week so we're just dissecting plays good plan and then they say we love the yep. online content so yeah online mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. for the win um this is cat yeah. number three. This is Pumpkin. Hi, Pumpkin! Are they all brothers, the cats? Uh, no. Nope. Nope. They're all adoptees from here well, and there. they're all different. Okay. Yeah, uh, but they, they get along here. great. Uh, question from Comox Valley Combat Guild. Small swords being mm-hmm. small, are they a good way to get <laughs> younger people into HEMA? Um... You know, so I'm I'm taking a small as in like the size, like uh, not gonna be too uh, heavy putting a full size long. Yep, yep, not gonna be too heavy on the joints. Um, so in our club, we have had a younger age limit. Like you have to be, I forget what it is. I want to say like 16. Um, you can be younger if you have like a parent with you. Yeah, the same. Um, I find that, um, like, when I've gone out and done public demonstrations and whatnot, people are really attracted to the long sword, to the big swords, um, and, and little kids. And you come out with uh, the small sword, and maybe it's not quite as flashy and as movement, so there isn't as much interest. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, whatever you can get a young kid interested in, is what you can do and you can always adapt it mm. so instead of using like a two-handed long sword maybe um you know something a little bit smaller but they then hold it like a two-handed long sword um i think small sword's terrific and i could definitely recommend it um to anybody but people coming into our club you know it's understandable you want to you, you see the you see the knights and uh the uh renaissance fair and so you see the long sword, mm. you know, if people, if people are interested more in the Olympic fencing, that's kind of what they go to. Yeah. Um, I don't know that, you know, I don't, I would have to think a little bit more on whether, you know, small sword might be a good starter weapon for kids. Uh, because while it is very light, it is also very precise. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of very fine motor control. So Maybe that's something that the kids aren't always the best at, and then it gets a little frustrating, but... Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, um, the, the long sword is the big draw full stop for everybody. Like, yeah, that it, it's just mm-hmm. su- such a romantic, iconic weapon. It's, it's just, you know, it's firmly burned into the psyche, the, the image of the knight with his sword, the two-handed sword. Yeah. That it and it's it's uh, it's it's different enough from Olymp- modern Olympic fencing to be interesting for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Whereas the small sword, I think a lot of people put off small swords because they're like, oh, it's just you know, it's just like modern oh, Olympic it's, fencing it's, or whatever. But it, right. I know it, I know it isn't, but that's why you know it isn't, and I know it. <laughs> we isn't, know that's but... not the case, but it's, for some people, it's yep. too similar to be appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's visually, yeah, yeah, visually. But my my, my daughter. Um, this is without my influence. I like to think she did. <laughs> she did. She when she was about eight, she did a ten-week sports fencing course, and she absolutely loved it. And they finished up the course with some lightsaber. So they went from doing mm-hmm. foils the whole time 
which are these great, yep. these really great uh, plastic foils. They're very floppy. Oh. But you can control, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're really safe. Like the kids, kids wear these like masks, which are basically just clear perspex mm -hmm. here. Um, they're, they're very light. They're easy to hold. They're great fun. I've got one. I just have it when I'm in the kitchen and just do some target practice on the door <laughs> kind of thing. Um, uh -huh. And I think they're like 10 they're probably like ten dollars or something like that so if you wanted to equip a load of little yep. kids and get them into small sword or rapier that would be a, a good one but she, she was very very drawn to the mm. rapier she wasn't interested in the two-handed sword so like, oh, you know, there might be other kids like that and you might say mm -hmm. oh it's because your mum does rapier that's why she's into that but no my son doesn't like rapier he likes long sword <laughs> uh -huh. so he was always drawn to the the two-handed sword and you can get mm -hmm. Uh, there's Russian companies and there's Polish uh, manufacturers that make really affordable um, boffers in kids' size. Yeah. Uh, yep. Go now comes to mind. They're really good. Uh, I think they work out like eight eight pounds per item or something like that. So you could easily like mm -hmm. arm a whole little army of little kids. <laughs> <laughs> a little horde of children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any advice? This is Unwarrior, not Poet. Uh, any advice for making instructional videos, things that people could do better? Um, yeah, so there, there was definitely a learning curve when I was doing my videos. Mm. And I ended up reaching out to my friend group and borrowing quite a bit of um, hardware to, to get a good quality picture. And to get good quality sound. Sound, yeah. So, yeah, the sound especially, because if people can't hear what you're saying, you know, it's, why are you even doing this? Yeah. So, um, I rigged up a setup that actually worked pretty well. Um, and I was pretty lucky that my basement is very, very well lighted. So, um, I got several compliments. I'm like, oh, you know, high production quality. And it's like, well, you can see me and you can hear me. Yeah. So, um that struck me as, as rather a low bar, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Those are very then, important, uh, though. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And when I was outside, um, I had to figure out some, some workarounds. So I've been using my um, kind of headset. workout headset uh, because I'm moving around quite a bit and having some sort of... Um, either wired headset wasn't working, yeah. having something um, like a mic far away from me trying to pick up my voice. Well, what that was picking up, so I have a Pell in my backyard that I would strike. What that was picking up was my hits on the Pell ah. and not my voice. Ah. So um, so I would say the first two videos were like so-so quality and then it kind of gradually got better. Um, in addition to be sure to demonstrate um, head-on, Mm -hmm. And also to the sides, um, rotate around, make sure that all of the views when you're demonstrating a technique can be seen. So um, I got a friend on the video and I took some chalk and I marked on my ground outside on my patio and I took some tape inside and I marked where the line was straight at the right. camera. And then I marked where it was at 90 degrees. Nice. So I could just look and position myself. What I'm, I'm not in theater, but like, don't people do that on stage? Yeah, you have markers. They, don't they you? take. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you mark your spot, and so that's exactly what I did. So I knew where I had to move back with to um, to see my whole body. So like feet to the top of my head, um, 
and looking back at my videos, like that worked out really well. And I'm really glad I, I put the time in to do that. I mean, that's really good advice for live classes, like in-person classes yeah. anyway. Uh, being able to... Mm -hmm. there's, there's problems that I've come across in regular class, not students not being able to hear you because there's another class going on mm -hmm. on the other side of the hall and they're all clashing still, or if you're in an event kind of thing and you're teaching a workshop to a bunch of people yeah. and there's six other classes going on around you in a big gym yeah, and, there's, yeah. Uh, the acoustics are horrible and uh, so there's things yeah. you have to do so being able to be heard and being able to be seen from every angle um, mm -hmm. and I think getting in enough repetitions getting enough enough demonstration yes. of the thing as well because people often you'll say any more questions and someone will go can you just do that again because I didn't just do it again yeah, yep. yeah so do it lots mm -hmm. and don't be afraid to, to demonstrate the thing a lot I mean obviously people can rewind if mm -hmm. it's a video but if it's a live class then by all means yep. show it uh hi pumpkin says yeah <laughs> many many people who have traveled to wisconsin have stayed in uh, my house and so oh. they've gotten to know my cats <laughs> you have a big house with lots of kitties um yes. noobs want longsword and rapier here too so it's comox valley combat guild so yeah but it's not you know the, the mm -hmm. kind of the idea is that people just want longsword but lots of people want other things as well oh yeah uh taylor christopher d you mentioned cancelled events. Icebreaker was cancelled this year. You were going to give a dagger mm -hmm. talk, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, so I'm wearing my, my Icebreaker t-shirt, right. which is my favorite t-shirt ever. Um, so Icebreaker is up in uh, the Twin Cities, so uh, Minneapolis. And it's, it's one of my favorite. It was my first event that I ever did. And so it kind of has a soft spot in my heart. Mm. Um, but anyway, so in addition to always having a to having a tournament, they try and do um, like some talks. Some uh, the the Oakshot collection mm -hmm. um, is there, and so they'll have swords like historical swords from the Oakshot collection. Uh, you can put on gloves and you can kind of touch them, and it's really great. And so I had been invited to um, give a talk at this year's icebreaker. And I wrote a, a paper um, looking at kind of the statistics of a, a dagger tournament I had taken part in last fall. So they had two weight classes and they had different starting positions. And I got curious as to, okay, is, is one of these going to lead to more doubles? Okay. Like, how do you get a clean dagger fight? Does the way you start affect the way you end? Right. Um, yeah, and so I was going to present on that, and that got canceled. Mm -hmm. But um, Sword Stem, so Sean Franklin, um, he heard about it through the grapevine, and he reached out to me. And so now it's going to be published on his website, I want to say, in like a week or two. Ooh. So, yeah. So, so rather we'll have than to a talk, you're doing, you've done an article instead. Yep, yep. And so I have a academic background, Um and the way it always worked for me personally is I liked writing up my papers first and then turning them into a talk. Okay. I found that easier. So I had the paper done and then it got canceled and I was like, well, I'm not going to, I'll just stop. <laughs> no need to do any more work. So. Okay. 
so that's a happy ending for that. Yeah. Um, I place my swords on the ground as lines on camera. That's a good idea. Uh, when I do, um, when I teach in person, yeah, I'll do that too. Yep. Good idea. Uh, I've, yeah, I've I've done that in the, in rapier as well, like to sort of sort of show the distance uh, from mm -hmm. a person between a person and a sword, that kind of thing. Um, Robin, I was so looking forward to seeing Sarah at Icebreaker this year. Hope it works out for 2021. Fingers crossed. Yes. <laughs> um. Sean's awesome. Yeah. So Sean, Sean Franklin, <laughs> he, he is an absolute legend as far as I'm concerned. He's made everybody's life easier. So much easier. Yes. I cannot sing the praises of Hema scorecard enough. <laughs> um so the, the dagger yeah no the dagger the dagger paper i wrote basically um it it was kind of a um you know a special occurrence because they were using hema scorecard mm -hmm. and also every single dagger fight was videotaped so um i had all this data and it was right there and I could just export it and pop it into Excel. And if I had had to watch all the video and like note these things down myself, it, you know, I just would have given up. I wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't have happened. Too much. Too much. Mm -hmm. uh, we got about 10 minutes left. Any more questions for Sarah? Data! Woo! Data! <laughs> um, yeah. So now I need to think of something to write about for Icebreaker next year. Oh, yeah, because you used that one up. You need to come up with a new yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to, and that was my other option, was like, oh, I've got it written. I can just sit on it for a year. Uh -huh. um, and that was kind of sad. I was like, I'm, I'm proud of this. I want to get it out there. I don't want to have to wait. Yeah. So I'll, I'll think of something else. Ah, this is a good question for you because uh, mm -hmm. you're, you're a tournament fencer. Um, question from Robin Saul. I'm now asking people about their ta your tournament mindset, your tips and processes. So how do you get in the zone? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Um, so I... Like, I've, I've had... I've tried different approaches for tournaments. Mm -hmm. I have gone into tournaments super concerned, like really paying attention to what I'm eating in the week going into it, like prepping uh, music, like trying to get in the zone, trying to do warm-ups, trying to do this, that, and the other. And then I've also gone into tournaments where the flights didn't work out and I show up late and the only thing I've been eating has been like cupcakes mm. and I'm on a sugar high. Yeah. And... Um, so all, all of that preparation, whether it's been tons or whether it's been zero, the day of like that short-term preparation, that hasn't really, I haven't really noticed much of a difference there. Like a difference. No, no, though fencing hungover, I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> don't recommend. <laughs> that's, that's really rough. Don't do that. Um, but what has really helped me is I have gotten a lot more serious about like my physical fitness in general. Hmm. So um, working out consistently. So not just fencing, but um, I've gotten really big under weightlifting. 
um, working on my strength, working on my endurance, and um, kind of working on nutrition in general. So not like trying to be good the week before, but like consistently eating more protein, trying to eat more vegetables, all that fun stuff. And I've, I've noticed that, eat vegetables. that, yep, yep, <laughs> you know, super basic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But hard to do consistently over yeah. long periods of time. And so I think that's, that's helped me get into the right mindset going in because I feel good. Mm -hmm. And then also it helps the whole experience because coming out at the end, I'm nowhere near as I um, soar as I used to be. You know, I, I don't feel like I've been run over by a car. <laughs> you know, I, I feel pretty good. So, um, yeah, so kind of making those, like, broad changes instead of, like, specific, like, oh, Cramming I listen it. to the song yeah. every time. Or yeah. I only drink pink lemonade Gatorade or something of that yeah. nature. Like, oh. <laughs> I, I found, so. like, I my personal experience in terms of that, like, if I go to an event often I'm, I'm organizing it as well. So I've already got my stress mm -hmm. level up nice and high, uh, which kind is a, is, is a good, I would see that as a good thing. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. people might think that's for paradox, but paradoxically it works out for me because if you're not, if you're not wound up enough, then you're not going to, you're not going to care of what you're doing. Right. Like, oh, it doesn't really matter. But also it stops mm -hmm. you caring too much and getting yourself really, really wound up and like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been training for this day for weeks, months, whatever. Oh, this is so important. I've spent all this money. I have to perform really well. Everybody's looking at me. Oh right. my God. Um, whereas like, if I'm like, right, I have to make sure that this person gets their pit of kit at this that time. And I have to make sure that the tea is ready and I have to make sure that this is happening. Oh, I've got a fight now. Right. Let's, let's do it. And yep. it's like, <laughs> that, that kind of like, is just one of several plates that I'm spinning kind of thing, which makes it manageable for me. I just have to make sure. Right. It's just, for me, it's just another task that I have to make sure I get done. Right. That way but it's not it, the it's, only one. So you're not, not fixating on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm, yep. I'm worried about it, but I'm not worried about just that. Uh, mm -hmm. Question for you from Micaiah. I don't know if I said that right. Have you found any of the data you collected to be helpful with teaching? What sort of data do you think would be good to collect to help form instruction? Hmm. Inform instruction. That's an interesting question. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, so I have tried to do like questionnaires after I've taught at events in the past mm -hmm. and um, basically ask people like, do you think this was enough information? Do you think it was too much? Was I trying to cram too much in or did you feel um, this wasn't worth your time? And um, those, those have been a kind of a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people have something useful to say. Other times people are like, Oh no, everything was great. It was fine. Um, I kind of personally like to keep an eye on my YouTube videos. And mm -hmm. so the comments and to see what people are asking right. and how they're interacting. So if something is get at, if something gets asked once or twice, it's like, Oh, that's, that's probably something that should have been addressed. You know, multiple people are having that same question. Mm -hmm. um, if I started teaching again online, I think I would go back and kind of review what did people ask me last time? So I can add it this time, provided it was, you know, a, a reasonable question instead of just like somebody not paying attention or 
so get get feedback from your students at the end of each session and see what right uh, right try and get them to be as honest as possible because you know if they, if they like you they're just going to only <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you need critical feedback though because yeah. i mean if yeah and midwestern nice is very is definitely a thing you know you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings oh. or you say something in a very very polite manner oh. and it's so polite that you didn't quite realize that there was a criticism in there oh, you've been so written, right? uh, yeah <laughs> I, I went i went to one event actually but i need to go back it was up in um uh sheffield all oh, right in the um in the uh, exiles yeah the exiles yeah Ooh. yeah no They're a nice bunch and yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. But I, when I'm allowed to travel again, I, I really do want to travel more. Yeah. So. Um, oh, Sue's here, Captain Kirk. <laughs> Unwarrior poet. Oh, I think that's Matthew. Uh, says I'm always afraid to read the YouTube comments on my videos. <laughs> it it's it's a it's a crapshoot. You yeah. know, some sometimes it's useful and other times it's like, oh, I didn't need to know that. Yep. <laughs> so, and this is Rebel coming back to visit Hello, again. Rebel. Hello. So he has a bow tie. Yeah. Uh, Comox Valley Combat Guild critical data equals after sparring, where are the bruises? Everywhere will my that's, that's a very good point. <laughs> Uh, we got, oh, a couple of minutes left. Any more questions for Sarah? I'll just, I need to check. I'll just check who my next guest is. My next guest. There we go. So my next, my next guest on Tuesday is, past, past, forgive me, Patricia, if I pronounce this wrong. Patricia Casanada from Spain. So uh, she'll be fun to talk to. Oh, I've really been looking Dying. forward to it. All of the, uh, all the talks. I've really been enjoying it. So I'm really Yay. glad you're doing this. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got talks lined up uh, until the end of this month. Sorry, no, I've got, I'm into the first week of August now. I've got people to talk to. Oh, wow. Because um, my work have said we might want you back. But even if I go back to work, I'm still going to do them anyway, just because I enjoy mm -hmm. doing them. Um, oh, I think. So just, just a side note, um, professionally speaking, I'm an archivist. Right. So and one of the things I've been working on at home has been um, oral histories. Mm -hmm. And so I keep thinking about how this is like documenting a really interesting time period in like yeah. the history of HEMA. Yeah. And so much of HEMA, it's, it's not written down anywhere. It's all in very ephemeral sources. So like social media, um, person to person discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like, Oh good. This is, this is the historical record. Where... Yeah, <laughs> the archives. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, people talking to one another. That doesn't really happen uh, that much. Um, here was a good question. Um, here was a good question from one of the guys in London. Um, what things do you have to train out of your system to get better? Um, 
think so, it's a very subjective uh, question. But this is this is pretty subjective. Yeah. So um, personally, um, especially, and this has gotten a lot better actually since I've been working on Small Sword, is I had a lot of problem, like kind of pulling inward. Mm-hmm. So like pulling in my cuts, uh, call it like T-Rexing the arms. Yeah. So like trying to be, um, you have something coming at you and your first impulse, you know, the, uh, the lizard brain is to cringe away. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that being extended and pushing out and casting out is actually much safer because you're intercepting farther away from your body. Mm-hmm. That's something that I really had to just beat into myself. Mm. And so with small sword, the idea of leading with the tip. So leading with the point, point first, arm extended, then using your body to bring the point into the target, you know, just drilling in those fundamentals over and over and over until it finally sticks. Mm. Um, So that's, that's personally one of my, like (laughs) my shortcomings. Yeah, I think um, uh, trusting the technique. Is yes. The thing. Yep. Because like trust the thrust is going to work with your whole body. Yep. Your whole body has to believe that it's going to work. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, and even if it doesn't, you have to do. You, you know, you have to to create that shape in order for it to happen. Because if you're not trusting it, you won't, and you'll fall back on those old uh, the old habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and um. And I was chatting to my beginner group yesterday when we were doing some uh, feedback. Um, One of the people, they knew all of the, they knew all of the moves, the cuts, the guards in a particular play that we were doing, but they didn't Mm -hmm. have quite the fluidity that the others have. And to be fair, they hadn't been attending as much because of life, you know, life gets in the way. And something I noticed mm-hmm. is when they were doing it, when they were performing this this task, their eyes were looking up like this. Uh, and looking into their head, yeah, <laughs> looking into the memory. that's what we do when we're trying to retrieve information is we go, um, mm-hmm. and they were trying to retrieve. And I said, you, you do know it all. You can recall this stuff and bring it in. But it's a bit like having a little Lego structure where the little buttons aren't quite pushed into the slot yet. Mm-hmm. It needs, you need to train something so much that you can't not do it. Um, yes. That it, it, you know, you've got to override that, that, that reflex. Um, mm-hmm. You have to set down new instincts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yourself a new flinch response, essentially. I remember when I started. Flinch responses. <laughs> yeah, my flinch response is, ah, <laughs> rather than this. So, I remember yep. when I started yep. doing um, doing uh, Bolognese and Buckler and my instructor said what do you want to do because he, he was only me and him uh, everyone else was sort of streets ahead of me and I was the only beginner that day he said what do you want to do and I said well I keep getting hit in the leg and he said okay if I hit you in the leg I want you to slip your leg and stab me in the face and I said okay mm-hmm. oh, how do we train that and he said it's very simple I'm going to hit you in the leg over and over and over and over <laughs> So now, like he's like, I'm gonna hit you in the leg so many times, and uh, it worked. I did get over my, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did get over it. Yeah. Um, we got just under two minutes remaining. Um, anyone else chucked anything else down here? Yay! Small T-shirt sword. that says "Trust the Throne." We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
go to at swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews or visit bythesword.net for information about our event or look for our Facebook page, By the Sword.